what I, what I kind of want to share with you today is, I think, central to what our church plant is actually going to be all about. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. So I've been thinking more and more um, about what life to the full means in all kinds of ways. I'm looking at scripture and different scriptures now through those lenses and say, how, do, how does this actually cause people to live um, life to the full? Um, I had planned on doing quite a bit of preparation on on the Sunday evening, Monday, and Tuesday before getting here. And um, on Friday, I went to visit a dear friend who was dying of cancer. And it was clear that it was very likely going to be her last day on earth. Her name's Suzanne. And um, had the amazing privilege of praying with her, praying for her. At that point, she was no longer able to talk. I, my wife and I had prayed with her on that Monday and had had a chance to say last goodbyes and everything. She's got four dear children that, um, that are not walking with the Lord. And I've been in community group with Suzanne for uh, 12 years. I'd known her for 16. Um, she and her husband, Bruce. And their greatest prayer is that their children would know the Lord that their children would, would walk with the Lord. And um, it was unbelievable to be there with her, with the kids on the bed, with her husband standing there, holding her hand as she's struggling to breathe, and singing songs over her and praying over her, the kids joining me in the Lord's Prayer. Um, what I can tell you about Suzanne is she lived life to the full. And I know when people talk about that, um, you talk about the, with the average person about it, life to the full uh, kind of means seize the day, carpe diem, gusto. And she, she had that. I mean, like when she was down in Costa Rica with her family, they, they did this high wire zip line and everything that's like in the rainforest canopy, so high up you can't hardly see the ground, there's fog and everything. And, um, and she strapped right in, in her 60s, and um, headed off, and as she's heading off, she's like, Geronimo! And maybe that's life to the full, but... For Suzanne, life to the full was life with Jesus. It was knowing him and loving him and walking in his ways and giving herself up for him. And you'll hear a little bit more about that later on. But I, I try to see everything through those lenses. What does it mean to live life well? So that when we do, and on that day when my strength is failing, the end draw nears and my time has come. Still, my heart will sing your praise forever. 10,000 years and then forevermore. And what's it mean to get to the end of your life and you know that you've lived life to the full and that there's another life coming that's even better? Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm hoping is going to be built into the DNA of our church, it's, it's called Tree of Life. And I think the Lord just gave us that name because 
people are longing for life. And as, as we're dealing with, um, I think as Tim said, that word that starts with a C and ends with a D, that word we're all so sick and tired of. Probably a lot of people now are thinking, what is life like all about? What is it? So um, I want to pray with you and, um, and then kind of get into what we're doing and how we're going to be doing it all week long. So Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this group of people. And I ask that you would pour out your spirit on us, that you would open our eyes to what life is all about. Um, you would uh, enrich my words so that your word is really what comes out. And uh, your word is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. We invite you to, to cut, Lord, to the, to the heart um, that we might be changed, that we might be shaped more and more into the image of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, what I want to do this week is speak about one scripture in particular, Psalm 23. And try to take as deep a dive as possible as we can uh, into it. And, um, you know, I've, I am going to try to do art while I'm doing it. I, I won't do that every time, um, but I'm going to try to start off today by doing it. I've never done this before, by the way. I, I've done art before, um, trapeze. And, um, and I've spoken before, and I've done video of art and spoken on the video afterwards, you know, and spliced it in and stuff like that. But what am I doing here? Doing something like, help me, Pete. Pete, help me. Okay, here we go. Gosh. <laughs> so it reminds me of a time when I was like in like third grade or something, and we had to get inoculations, and I was so embarrassed to take off my shirt. Like I tried to like just, you know, and um, and then when I was putting it back on, I put it the wrong way and my arm was, it was crazy. Anyway, <laughs> um, but what I'm, I'm going to try to do is, is actually do some painting. I started doing watercolor about in, uh, in I think it was 2000, and uh, my dad had been, uh, had an old watercolor set. He'd done some, some artwork and stuff um, with with acrylics and oils and stuff. Um, whoa, I just got that the other day. That's cool. Um, and, um, and he had this old watercolor set, and he's like, I, you know, I can't figure out what to do with this thing. And so he gave it to me, and it sat in a closet for quite a while. And then um, I decided one day to, um, to try to try my hand at it, and I just fell in love with with doing watercolor. So, um, oh, is it possible to put the 23rd Psalm on? I want us to recite the 23rd Psalm before we get here, because I, I, I want to do that every day, so we kind of get to know. This is New King James Version, so if, if you will, if you, I, I'll give them a moment. Um, if you'll say this with me, it's a psalm that David wrote, and we don't know when he wrote it. It, it could have been in his younger days. My suspicion it's when he's an old man, and um, that he'd lived enough of life by this point for these words to take on depth and meaning, and, um, and for them to pour naturally out of him um, in an artistic way, right? He's a songwriter. 
So this is his song, a psalm of David, and it starts with, the Lord is my shepherd. So let's say that together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, so, um, you know, with, uh, with watercolor, I had the privilege of having a kind of a great art teacher, and, uh, and he would say, you know, just sometimes just splash something on there just to kind of loosen you up. And I, I can tend to be really tight and everything, um, but I, I'll often start with some of the more uh, tight features, um, and then try to loosen up as I go. And I, I kind of think that life can, um, can be like that too. That in life, we, we want to get to a place of, um, of being loose, of um, not being so uptight about things, right? Any of you ever struggle with that? Right? Um, to know that, that God is in control and, and that he's good and that he'll, he'll lead us in his goodness. And so that, that's been one of the, the prayers of my life is that God would lead me in his goodness, that um, I would stop worrying about things so much, um, not be anxious about all things uh, like we like we tend and I chose to do this painting of a shepherd for obvious reasons right the Lord is is my shepherd and I shall not want and he makes me to lie down in green pastures so the Lord the Lord think about that for a minute the Lord what do you think of when you hear that word, Lord? I think I tend to think of somebody uh, with like lots of authority. Could be a little bit scary. This idea of a Lord, it's like a boss. Um, and I know that I'm not always too ready to follow a boss. Um, unless I'm pretty darn sure that they've got my best in mind. Oh, and by the way, I might not finish the, the painting today, um, or I might not finish it in this session, or, or we could be here a long time, right? Uh, but the word Lord is pretty significant in Psalm 23. Sorry. Still on? Um, the word Lord is, uh, is taken from the Hebrew word. It's typically in the Hebrew Bible translated Adonai. But that's not the original. 
The original is, um, is Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. The Jews considered the name of God so uh, awesome, so holy, and they knew that they were not to take the Lord's name in vain, um, that they wanted to avoid any possibility of ever taking the Lord's name in vain. So they refused to say the name Yahweh, and they wrote it just Y-H-W-H. They, they left out the vowels so that you wouldn't be able to, to pronounce the name. Uh, most scholars believe that probably Yahweh is the closest um, pronunciation that we could come up with. But instead, they, they chose to put Adonai, from which um, then in the Greek we got the word kurios, uh, from which we get the word Lord. And when we say Lord, we tend to have this, again, that, that image of authority, of somebody who's over us. Um, but we lose something in that. And in David's time, it's not entirely clear that they were practicing that non-saying of God's name. And so he writes, Yahweh. Yahweh is my shepherd. What's he saying? See, this is a personal God. This is one you can know by name. This name was revealed to Moses. Um, when Moses had, been, had run for his life from Egypt, he'd been raised as a prince, if you know the story, um, found in, in the, the reeds by the, the Nile in a basket, um, and raised by Pharaoh's daughter. And uh, for, for reasons I won't go into, he has to run for his life. And he's out in the desert, and he sees the burning bush. And that's where he has his encounter with God. And God tells him to go back to Egypt to be the deliverer for his people, for Israel. And he's like, how can, how can I know that you're going to be with me? And God gives him all kinds of signs. And he says, who shall I tell them sent me? He says, tell them the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this is a, a living God who deals with people. He's the God of your fathers. And then he says, tell, tell them I am sent you. I am who I am. God's impressing into Moses the idea that I'm a God who has no beginning and no end. I'm a God who is always present. So if you believe it, like he's present here right now, in our midst. I am. He always is. There's nowhere you can run, nowhere you can escape from the presence of God. I am. And David uses this, this familiar name for God. He says, the Lord is, he's my shepherd. And he, he pictures himself as a sheep. And it's God holding him in his hands. How do you picture God? There's this idea of intimacy with God, something that draws you or scares you or intimidates you. It can be intimidating, that's for sure. But a shepherd with his sheep 
is, uh, is an amazing thing to see. It's Jesus' kind of favorite way of talking about his relationship with his followers. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep know me, and I know them. It's actually, um, it's actually kind of proven that um, when a shepherd is leading his sheep and they're following, um, they can he can cross paths with another shepherd, and you could have hundreds of sheep, right? And all the shepherd has to do is keep calling out to his sheep, and his sheep will follow him. They'll mingle with the others, they'll cross through, and they will not follow the other shepherd. He says, they, they will listen for my voice. And so that's, that's what Jesus is trying to get us through to here um, in, in a real understanding of who God is. He's our good shepherd. Cool thing about watercolor is it, it does its own thing. Right? It, it runs and um, you end up kind of with things that you might call mistakes, but they end up being sort of happy mistakes. Um, and it, it also teaches you a lot about life, right? Things don't always go like we planned, do they? Do they? Yeah. Things don't always go like we plan. Um, but if you kind of stay loose, if you stay loose and just uh, trust, then maybe something good will come out of it anyway. And here's the thing with, with, uh, with, Gosh, I'm getting used to this thing. Uh, with painting is um, sometimes it all works out and sometimes it doesn't. I've got tons of paintings that are sitting in my house that um, hopefully will never see the light of day, you know, um, and, and that's okay. Like sometimes it's good to go back and look at those things, at those mistakes and say, oh, and then compare them to something I'm doing now and say, oh, look what I'm learning. That's what the Lord wants for his people, right? That, that as we go through life, there's this kind of open-handedness, this trusting, and, oh, that didn't work out. But that's okay. God's still my God, and he's leading. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Um, so back to Suzanne. Um, Suzanne kept a journal, and in that journal, she wrote of her struggle with cancer. When I first got to Church of the Apostles, where I'd been pastoring, um, she was going through a bout of cancer. That was in 2006. And, um, and then came through that. Uh, like I said, we ended up being in a community group together, got to know her, just a dear and lovely person. And then came into the second round of cancer uh, about a year or so, a year and a half ago. Um, and then got to a 
place where it was really um, getting bad. Uh, before, before that, um, so September 25th, 2020, when she was starting to go through the trials with cancer again, she said this, since Wednesday, Paul's phrase has been popping into my head. I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Philippians 4.11. He wrote it while in prison, she says with an exclamation point. He goes on to say he has learned the secret of having abundance and suffering need. I find his phrasing significant. He has learned to be content. He doesn't say, I feel content in every circumstance. She said, that helps me. He's learned the secret of being content. And then she wrote this um, in November as things were progressing. This week I was fixing dinner. Yes, I do occasionally cook and feeling pretty low. An unwelcome combo of pity party and fear fest was making itself at home in my head, and I was tired. Reached in my pocket to retrieve a pen and instead found a forgotten scripture from a few months back. The Holy Spirit was giving me a gentle and necessary forehead slap. He reminded me, God only asks of me that which is doable and for my best. I realized it wasn't pity or even well-meaning commiseration on how tough life can be that I needed. I took a mental U-turn, put the scripture on my kitchen counter where I could not escape it. I began thanking God begrudgingly at first, then for real, for so many blessings, gifts like you praying for me faithfully. Dinner was ready and the list kept going on in my head. God is truly so good to me. What can I say in response? What compares to the glory of God revealed in Jesus? What do I have, including the promise of eternal life with him, where all things are made new that he has not provided? So 1 Thessalonians 5 has spoken to me recently, as has a simple quote from Robert M. McShane, a Scotsman who could really roll his R's. Here it is. If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. That is exactly why I can rejoice always. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Did I tell you at the beginning? I can't remember if I said this. Um, Dallas Willard was asked to describe Jesus with one word. What do you think he said? A lot of words we could probably think of when you think of Jesus. So Dallas Willard is a spiritual formation teacher. Years and years of leading people and spiritual things. And they say, Dallas, if you could give us one word to describe Jesus, what would it be? He stopped, thought for a moment, and he said, relaxed. Content. Man, isn't that something we need to learn? I'm so glad you're up here for this week because I, I think that in some sense it's the heartbeat of Family Fest that people would drop what they're doing and just come together and relax. Just to come together and 
Enjoy one another. Enjoy God's creation. Come away. Get away. I'll be speaking about that some tonight. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So, what if this long weekend that we have, and I I promise while you're away in small groups, I'm going to work on finishing this. Uh, if a painting is ever finished, you know. Um, but what if, what if this long weekend, we tried to live into this 23rd Psalm? Say, what is it to have the Lord as my shepherd? And to have that at the forefront of my life, to be in a place where I'm not lying if I tell people, I shall not want, I'm, I'm good. You know when people are lying when they say that, right? Right? Everything's fine. Yeah, it's all good. But you see in their life the tension and the struggle and, you know, what does it mean to live into that place where that tension and that struggle and that constant anxiety starts to diminish and more and more in the very center of your life, there's a calm and a secure and a contentment. That's what I'm hoping for this, this long weekend. Um, that we can live into that a bit and that the Lord, that we invite him um, to do that kind of work. So can I pray for you? Lord, um, you are a shepherd and, uh, and we probably want a lot, Lord. I know there's things I want. There's, um, there's things to do and accomplish and things I get all um, just concerned and focused on. And... Um, And Yahweh, you're there and I don't even see you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Bring us to that place, Lord, where that's a reality in our life. Maybe a growing reality right now. That we just begin to move in that direction more and more or a deepening reality, or perhaps a consummate reality, as I know it is for my friend Suzanne, who is with you, Lord. So we invite you to do your work. Come Holy Spirit. Uh, We invite you, Jesus, to move us by your words and your word. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you.